Good morning, everybody. Welcome to week seven. What does a police shooting, a peaceful protest turn violent, an interpersonal violence instance, and a gang shooting in Chelsea, Massachusetts have in common? Well, in today's lecture, we're going to study that one moment that they all share and something that we very rarely focus on or talk about, but it potentially holds the key to some of the ways that we can prevent these negative outcomes from happening. It's so simple, it's so psychological, and let's jump into it. Can you give me a few minutes, all right? You okay? I'm waiting on you. you. This is your job. I'm waiting on you. What do you want me to do? Oh, you seem very irritated. I am. I, I really am. I was getting out of your way. You were speeding up, tailing me. So I move over and you stop me. So yeah, I am a little irritated, but that doesn't stop you from giving me a ticket. So Are you done? You asked me what was wrong and I told you. Okay. So now I'm done, yeah. Okay. You mind putting out your cigarette, please? Don't mind. I'm in my car, but I have to put out my cigarette. Well, you can step on out now. I don't have to step out of my car. Step out of the car. Step no, out of the car. Have, no, you don't have the right. Step not, out of the car. You do not have the right to do that. I do have the right. Now step out or I will take, remove you. I refuse to talk to you other than to identify myself. Step and out or I will remove you. I am getting removed for a failure. Step out or I will remove you. I'm giving you a lawful order. Get out of the car now, or I'm going to remove you. And I'm calling my lawyer. I'm going to yank you out of here. Okay, you're going to yank me out of my car? Get okay. out. Okay, all right. 25. Let's, let's do this. Yeah, we're going to. Yeah. Don't, don't touch me. Get don't out of the car. Me. Don't touch me. I'm not under arrest. You don't have the right to say You are under car. arrest. I'm under arrest for what? 25. For what? County FM 1098. Just for what? Send me another unit. Get out of the car. Get out of the car now! Why am I being apprehended? You're trying to give me a ticket I said, for get out of the car. Why am I being apprehended? You I'm giving you a lawful order. order. You I'm going to drag you out of here. So you're going to you're gonna drag me out of my own car? Get out of the car! And then you I will light me? you up. Get out! Wow. Now! Wow. Get out of the car! Really for a failure to signal. You're doing all of this for get a Get over there. Right, yeah. Yeah, let's take this to court. Let's do Go ahead. For a failure to signal. Yep, for a failure to signal. Get off the phone. On my school. Get off the phone. I'm not on the phone. I have a right Put to record. Put your phone this down. Property. This Put your phone property. down. Sir? Put your phone down. Right now. Put your phone down. Come over here. Y'all are interested. Come over here now. You, you feeling good about yourself? Stand right here. You feeling good about yourself? Stand right there. Feel you, the signal. you feel real good Turn about around. yourself, don't you? Turn around. You feel good about yourself, don't you? Turn around now. What, what are you, Put your hands behind your back and turn arrested? around. Turn around. Why can't you tell I'm me? Giving why you why I'm giving you a lawful order. I will tell you. Why am I being arrested? Turn why around. Why not you tell me that part? I'm giving you a lawful order. Turn around. Why will you Thank not you tell me what's not going complying. on? I'm not complying because you just pulled me out of my car. Turn around. Are you f***ing kidding me? This is some bull****. Hands you know behind your back. Because you know this is straight bull****. You full of Full of straight That's how y'all is. It's some scary cops. South Carolina got y'all scared. That's all it is. Scared of a female. If you would have just listened. I was trying to sign the ticket. Whatever. Stop moving. Are you serious? Stop moving. Oh, I can't wait till we go to court. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait till we go to court. I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait. You want me to sit down now? No. Or you gonna drip? You gonna throw me to the floor? 
That'll make you feel better about yourself. Knock it off. No, nah, that'll make you feel better about yourself. That'll make you feel real good, won't it? For a cellular signal, you're doing all of this. In Little Ass Prairie View, Texas. My God, they, they must want to. You were getting a warning until you. now you're going to jail. No, I'm getting a, for what? You can come for read. What? Come read right. I'm getting a warning for what? Stay right here. For what? Well, you stay just right pointed here. me over there. Yes, I said stay right Get here. Get your mind right. Let me. Oh, I swear on my life, y'all some a ass cop for a signal. You are taking me to jail. What a What a What a What a You about to break my Wrist. Stop moving! I'm standing still! You Stay keep right moving here. me, goddammit! Stay right there! Don't touch me! Come right, right over here. This right here says a warning. You started creating the problems. You asked me what was wrong! Do you have I'm trying to tell you. Person that's do, illegal? do it feel like I got anything on me? This is a maxi I'm dress. Gonna remove your glasses. This is a maxi dress. Come on over here. You're about to break my wrist. Can you stop? stop. You are about to break my wrist. Stop moving. Stop now. Stop man. it. Stop resisting, man. If you would stop, and I would tell you. Now stop. You are such a. You are such a. No, you are. You are yanking around. traffic signal. You are yanking around. When you pull away from me. You're resisting you arrest. This make you feel real good, don't it? A female for a traffic right signal. I got it. For a traffic signal. I know that make you feel good, officer. Go Take care of I know it make you feel real good. You're a real man now. I you just it. slammed me, knocked my head in the ground. I got epilepsy, you mother. Good. I hope I good. good. You should have thought this about that before okay. you start resisting. All right. All right. Yeah, this is real good. Real good for a female. Yeah. just seen is just a bunch of random examples of exactly what this week's lecture is all about. The crisis in communication. At the start of this lecture I gave you four examples, right? A police shooting, a protest turned violent, 
an interpersonal violence case, an interpersonal violence or interpersonal domestic interaction gone wrong and a gang shooting in Chelsea. And I ask you, what do they all have in common? What they all have in common is that at some point leading up to or preceding that or whatever that awful criminal outcome could have been or was, there was a moment when those two people who were involved or multiple people were talking to each other. And maybe if we just understood that, we could better prevent those situations that happen, millions and millions of situations like that, that happen every day. We could just prevent them from becoming the criminal and harmful outcomes that they are. But we always ignore it. We always ignore it. When it comes to the, the protests, right, it, it's never about communication. It's about technology, scamming social media, militarising the police. What non-lethal weapons can they use? What tactics can they use? How can we identify troublemakers in the crowd, right? It's never about that. What happens when people talk to each other? And then the police shooting, something I work on a lot. I, I study decision making. It's about the decision making, the brain, the training. What can AI do? What can we do with training for them? How can we use technology better? All of these questions, but never about how can people speak to each other better? How can people speak to each other in a way that makes it less likely that they're going to end up coming to the point when one of them has to use lethal, non-lethal or self-defensive harm, right? In the gang shootings, right, I'm doing three cases right now, three legal cases right now. One is a gang shooting in Chelsea, one is a murder in downtown Boston, and one is a similar murder somewhere out in, Miss in Mississippi. In all of those cases, before the decision to, to hurt or not hurt came up, there was a point when the two people were communicating. And the fact that that communication didn't lead to resolution started that snowball that then led to the later decisions that come down the line. And the more I study different types of crime, the more cases I'm involved in, the more I realise that it's the communication between the people that we always seem to ignore. But this is the soft side of last week. And it's something that Lawrence Allison and I are increasingly looking at and increasingly seeing is that whenever we teach people the orbit approach, whenever we teach people the keys of terrorist interrogation, they don't just say, oh my God, I'm an amazing interrogator now, thank you so much. They do say that. But they'll say, I'm a better father, I'm a better husband, right? I'm a better person because I'm now, I now better understand communication. I am a better communicator because I studied orbit, right? And so we have this, this, this drift almost, right? We have the super high intensity communications over here. Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, Boston Bombers, Nicholas Cruises, right? The high value detainees. And then we have our everyday conversations here. And then in the middle of that, there's kind of the soft side of communication here, right? Are all of those criminal cases that we kind of study as everyday forensic psychologists, where we skip past the idea that they have to communicate with people. And we focus on these psychological aspects of, well, obviously they've got to look at their brain, you've got to look at their upbringing, you've got to look at their development, you've got to look at all of these things. And we just forget sometimes to look at the fact that people have to communicate. And what does that communication look like? So in the summer, Lawrence and I were putting together a training program. And we did this activity that we found was really useful, where we looked at three viral clips of interactions that were going on at that time. Two of them are about uh, policing protests, one very good, one very bad, and one of them is a traffic stop. 
and we just broke down the communication strategies being used and how that those communications and the way that they were talking to each other predictably in some cases led to those negative outcomes that we saw. And that's what I'm going to play you for today's lecture. I want you to watch that. I want you to look at the way Lawrence and I look at that. And I don't want you to, you don't need to take notes, to be honest. You don't need to, 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 to write this all down and you don't really need to bring it into the midterm. In fact, I've kind of designed this lecture to be a bit light so that you don't have to add any more burden or, or cognitive woes to the midterm. But what I want you to do at the end of this lecture, my goal is I want you to basically just think more and be aware that people, in many cases, in many crimes, people talk to each other before, before, before they end up killing each other or harming each other or whatever the crime may be, whatever the case may be, there's a moment often where they interacted. And maybe if we harnessed that moment and we focused on that moment, whoever the people interacting are, maybe it's two, two gang members in Chelsea, like my case at the moment, or maybe it's a, a police officer and a peaceful protester, or a police officer and, and someone that they've stopped on the side of the road, right? Maybe if we stood or understood or focused on this idea of talking to people, communicating, we could prevent many situations from going down the path that leads to that decision we then all end up studying, right? That we all end up, you know, looking at now. You know, the decision to shoot or not shoot, to use lethal force or not use lethal force, right? The decision of the, of the gang members in the case to end up trying to shoot each other over an argument about a bottle of dram, uh, dram or whatever it was, right? What about the way in which they talk to each other? It's, in forensic psychology, it's just not looked at. It's not bought in. There's not a forensic psychology of interpersonal communication in the, in the, in the preceding moments before a crime. But what I want you to get from this lecture and take with you is understanding how people talk to each other and specifically why when people talk to each other, it doesn't go well or it doesn't lead to resolution. That is such a central part in so many everyday cases. It's an untapped area. It's untapped potential that we could really do some good. in. So this is just a teaser, really. The science isn't there yet. We're not doing enough of it. But this is a teaser to that, in, to that idea. So wherever you go in, in your lives beyond this lecture, take this nugget. That's all I want. Take this nugget. The importance of communication. And look at this video that Lawrence and I put together. Enjoy it. It's a very fun conversation. Lawrence is the best at diagnosing communication out of anyone I know. And so we have a really good time with these viral clips that hopefully you, you have seen or at least you'll see them now. So enjoy this lecture. Enjoy our interaction. And I'll see you at the end. All of you are my family. All of you are my family. I love each and every one of you. I cry at night because I feel your pain. I feel the pain. I feel the pain of black people. I feel the pain of white people. I feel the pain of innocent cops. I feel the pain. We're all scared. Black, white, cop, doesn't matter. We're all scared. We're living in fear. You gotta stop living in fear. I am not your enemy. You are not my enemy. We have to share this land no matter what. By the end of the day, we have to share this land no matter what. I'm here for you. I'm here with you. I'm not angry at none of you. I love all of y'all. I don't care if you're 5'2". I don't care if you're a seven footer. I don't care if you're dark skin. I don't care if you're light skin. I don't care if you're white. Mask or not, you're or not. You are my family and I love you and I respect you. 
and I want to understand y'all. I want to understand all of you. I want to. I deeply want to understand you. I would love to come to your house. I would love to meet your kids. I would love to meet your family. I would love to see the best side of everybody here. So, but... <laughs> What is interesting about this, right? So, 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 what have we got this guy saying? So, we've got a very impassioned young man who basically is in a pretty unthreatening position, not least because he's faced with a row of people with batons and he's actually lower on the floor. So, from a physical point of view, there's no immediate threat to the officer. So, it'll be that these guys and girls that are part of the officer team have been asked to remove these people, right? So, that, that might be their goal. So if it is, what have they got there that they can be using? Well, this, this young lad said a lot of very positive things. I respect you. I want to understand you. You're not my enemy. Mm. So it would be pretty easy, I think, if even one of those officers had broken that line, come up to the guy and done something like either shook his hand and said, look, you know, we're, we're, you're right. We're not enemies. I'm on your side. I respect you. Yeah but I do need to move you on or whatever it is the goal was of those officers. Yeah? yeah. But the point is this young lad and you know, whether whatever one thinks about this impassioned speech and young people are young people, right? But there's no threat there. There is a reaching out to try and understand, to indicate the respects, to say that he's scared. And, and even one of those cops breaking that line and going up to that kid and either just putting his hand on his shoulder saying, look, mate, you know, we're not on different sides here. Yeah. I know this looks because I'm in a uniform, but do you know what? You know, I respect you too. You know, I, 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 I'm going to be sharing some of the same values as you yeah. and then do whatever it is that they need to do. But we don't see any interaction at all. So all we see is a line of disembodied, uh, same looking cookie cutter cops that have not engaged with this person literally at all. Yeah. And then, you play the rest of the video, we, we, we see it getting kind of worse. This is not the best side of everybody here. I would like to see the best side of everybody here. Then you can change the whole perspective of how you view someone. Because of their size. Because of how you see them in different lights. Someone might have a bad day and you say they're a bad person. No, no, no. We all got bad days. We all got bad days. We got to stop judging people only on our bad days. Because we all have them to some degree. How are you on your good day? Do you want to make a stand? Do you want to make a change? Because if we charge you and you charge us, what is that really doing? What is that really doing? Come on, what are you doing? What are you doing? Fuck you! Fuck you! What the fuck are you Are you fucking kidding me? For what? For what? Freedom of speech! No! I mean, you know, who who knows what 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 sat behind this, or what information they'd had beforehand, or what they'd been told, or how they'd been lined up to perceive this, or what. And the the, the fact is, we don't know. So it may well be that there was some information or intelligence or whatever it is that that informed that view beforehand. I don't know, but there seems to me to be no real justification for not uh exploring engaging with essentially what were a load of pretty positive uh hook comments that you could lock into there 
you know, I mean, the guy even says, you know, we all have a bad day, almost as if saying, look, you know, I accept that not all of you are like this. And even this cop in the, the, the George Floyd death might have just had a bad day, which is, I mean, incredibly kind of giving and forgiving perception when in fact what you're seeing in front of you are a load of people that look exactly the same with big sticks in front of them so you know there would have been a lot of and you know even if one were to bit play devil's advocate and really uh go on the side of the cops and say well there was some intelligence that this, this specific kid was a problem um then you know what have you created when with no interaction discussion or dialogue at all mm. you've turned that entire crowd who were on their knees seeking some understanding and, um, as they say, freedom of expression, you've turned them into the enemies. They'll never, ever, ever forget that interaction for the rest of their lives. And you've now just confirmed their worst suspicions about what the police are. I mean, you know, really incredible set of enemies you just created amongst that crowd. So, Lawrence, this is the second clip that you wanted us to go through, and this is, I think, a far more uh, a, a, a common occurrence of a, of, a, of a traffic stop and an interpersonal interaction. Um, and so let's play this one, and any time you want me to stop and jump in, just let me know. But we can see, let's look at the nature of the interaction and kind of how things escalate. Well, so, so again, before we start, you know, we, we don't have any um, information on what the information this cop had before was. So, you know, this is a difficult one to judge in terms of, you know, the physical setup that the cops created here, what he's doing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But what you often find in these, in, in the examples that go wrong, like I say, I'm at pains to emphasize that quite often and more often cops get it wrong. But when they get it wrong, I think quite often it is a inability to relinquish control. I've set it up so that I'm in control. Oh, I've got some new information that yeah. might suggest I can back off. But no, I'm not going to do that because I need to keep being in control. Yeah. And I don't mean, you know, you do need to be in control of your own emotions and you do need to be in control of the situation, but not to the point of it being totally disproportionate, disproportionate unnecessary and unwarranted control that exceeds the requirement for the situation that you're in. And where I've seen these interactions go wrong is an inability to rejudge or reformulate the, the picture that's in front of them. So, yeah, let's have a look. That's yeah. all. Put your hands behind your back right now. For what? Why not? Because you're being detained. For what? That's what I'm trying to detain for what? That's what I'm trying to get the understanding of. You Sorry, so straight away, this, this, this is something we, we often see in police interviews where a suspect will come in and one of the things that they will ask first is why am I here? And what often, often, the weaker officers will often do is they will say, well, you've been arrested uh, under suspicion of whatever, X, Y, Z. But that isn't answering the question. The, the question was, why am I here? Which is what evidence have you got? Or for what reason are you doing this? Yeah. And this is exactly what's happened here. The, the, the guy on the back of the car has said, the copper said put your hands uh behind your back and the guy has said why and the answer is because you're being detained okay for what yeah. right what are you detaining me for and what you've got to think of and what you know you don't we don't know whatever the basis of the information is on this guy 
this cop either should have said that if the reason that I have stopped you is because I've had information that you have been whatever, blah, 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 or speeding or whatever it is. But no, I want you to put your hands on your head because I'm detaining you. Yeah. What does that mean? So, you know, and you, you, you think about it yourself. And, and this is what I mean by rapport. People think rapport is about, you know, soft skills or, you know, uh, being nice to the person or whatever it is that they think it is. No, if I've been stopped in a traffic stop or I've been arrested under suspicion of murder or whatever, I don't need you to have a connection with me, which is, you know, uh, about being nice to me. Yeah. But what I do need to get engagement with you and have a rapport with you is that I've got an understanding of why you are doing what you're doing to me. So the yeah. first question I've got from a suspect is, why am I here? What's the, what is the evidence? On what basis am I here? Yeah. Or... If you stop me for a traffic stop, I want to know what the reason is that you stopped me for. Have I been speeding? Do you think I've got a gun? What is it? What is it? What what is it? I'm not just going to comply because you're detaining me because you're the law or you're in control of me or you've got power over me. You want to know what's going on. So this is a fundamental problem. You got you had an attitude when you looked at when I looked in your eyes and the window rolled down. You said, "Follow me," and you turn your you're lights correct. on and you turn your lights on and pull him over. Put your hands and I, I followed back. you slowly. Put your followed hands you. behind your back. For what? I'm not getting arrested. You are getting arrested. For what? Get your hands behind your Why back. Why am I right getting now. arrested? Get your hands behind your back. Why am I getting arrested? Why am I being arrested? You're being arrested for speed, and now you're getting resisting arrest. Right, so now not only has he uh, finally said what he has been arrested for, which seemed to take ages to mm. get the information on, but now the guy la puts his hands on him, uh, before he's given that explanation, and then he adds another charge to it, which is you, you, before I've even satisfactorily answered why I'm stopping you, I'm now going to add another charge to it, which is you resisting arrest. And of course, what is that likely to do if you think about it? You didn't explain to me why you stopped me, mm. and now before you've explained to me why you've stopped me, you're actually going to add another charge to my rap sheet. So this is very likely to escalate the guy that you've got in front of you, which is exactly, of course, what happens. Yeah. How when you didn't tell me that? That ain't what you told me. Give me. Ram, please. Don't do Ram, please. Get please, don't. Don't do Get that. Don't do that. Get on the ground. Don't do that. Get on the ground. Don't do it. Just wait till somebody come, Ram. I'm waiting on the ground. Just wait till somebody come. Just wait till somebody come. Ram. Get on the ground. Okay. Ram, please just don't move because he's trying to just do, trying to mess with you anyways. I ain't about to fight with you, sir. I'm you need to give me your license. Okay, so now you want the license. Now you want the license. Now you want the license. You want him to get on the ground. What do you want him to do? So actually what's quite interesting about this now is the, the lady in this interaction is pretty reasonable mm. and trying to, you know, she, she, she stops her, I don't know, it was her husband, partner, son or whatever, um, you know, she she's really worried, and as well she might be that basically this guy's turned around and then backs right off and 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 uh, points this this I don't know what it is, whether it's a gun or a taser or what it is that he's pointing at him. You know, we now escalated the situation, and she is seeking clarification. And again, the cop changes his plan again. Now I want to see your license. Now I want you on the ground. So, so you know, this to me reeks of an inexperienced, badly trained cop that doesn't know what they're doing and is kind of doing it on the hoof, but not judging accurately what they're seeing in front of them. 
and again doesn't like the fact that this guy quite reasonably is asking what is going on what are you doing and the cop just keeps changing the message mm. what do you want him to do you want to lie to his name get on the ground i can't make it get on the ground i'm not doing anything get on the ground for what for what get on the ground why Ram, stop, stop moving! Stop moving, Ram! Okay, now he got his bag up. Just stay right there. Just stay right there. Put your hands out of your pocket. He wants the license. He wants everything. Help me get it. No. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Y'all gotta do all that. Do y'all gotta do all that? Do y'all gotta do all that? Y'all ain't gotta do all that. You ain't gotta do all that, sir. You ain't gotta do all that. All that shit was gone for. I mean, when you look at that clip, kind of from from start to finish, it it is really clear to see just the how quickly an, a single incident can escalate based on some some fundamental lacks of of early and open communication yeah i mean you know like i say one's got to be a little bit cautious about judging it but my god you know if that was my brother or my dad or my sister or my son that being treated like that i'd be absolutely horrified yeah horrified and this other cop comes straight out of the car no interaction whatsoever basically choke holds him and bangs his head on the car what is going on you know if this guy was pro police before man he's not going to be ever again you know again he and his partner will never forget this they will see it as a racist uh, 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 attack and you know cops are now my enemy and yeah. and who wouldn't find that a reasonable thought process to have after being dealt with in that way yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, I'd be very interested to know what this second cop thought he was doing, whether he thought he was rescuing this un unexperienced rookie or whatever it was that was going on. But what was in his head when he approached that, that detainee that he felt required that level of immediate force is mm. just beyond me. And, you know, again, it's very easy, maybe. And I'm sure cops in the U.S. will say to me, well, what the hell do you know? You haven't policed in the U.S., et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I have worked with cops in the U.S. And like I've said, you know, by and large, the overwhelming majority, you know, are in the job for the right reason. But you get a small minority and it only takes a very small minority of these sorts of interactions to get around to, to make it very hard to imagine that there is not a problem. Not saying it's a massive problem, but a problem, a significant problem in U.S. policing that is about not treating people correctly. Uh, and, and whether it's to do with training, values, racism, I don't know, but it's a problem. It's mm. a big problem. Okay, well let's 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 change tone and look at one that I know you flagged as a uh, as a as a positive. I personally love the protest. Right. I would like to be out here helping, but right. of course I have a job. Things. All right, so I'm trying to mediate. Yeah. Right. You know. All right, so there's new groups coming. Don't give them a hard time. They really don't know who's who at this point. Okay. Okay. We know, we know that y'all not, and I just iterated that, so okay. communication's there. Okay. So it shouldn't be a communication barrier where anybody gets aggressive or upset at this okay. point. Okay. Right. When the exciters come back, 
y'all just need to distance yourselves from the exciters. Because okay. those people are not here to protest. Right. Those yeah. people are here to steal Gucci. Right. They're here to steal right. products and put money in their pocket yeah. and sell stuff. Yeah. That's what they're using this agenda for. Yeah. Yeah, I asked one guy. We're not here listen to me. Listen. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. We, we, I, yeah. Trust me, we're here. One of the guys couldn't even tell me who the guy y'all was protesting for. He didn't even know who George Floyd was. He was just he, he wasn't even from Georgia. Right. All right. So we we know that it's infiltrators within with a different agenda. Yeah. Right. So if y'all can distance yourselves from the guys, the guys that are yelling gotcha. and trying to fight. Right. There was another guy here. A guy was trying to pray for somebody. He didn't want the guy praying. Right. We don't like we don't want those guys in the midst of the protest. Right. right. Justice, not peace. Right. We want all equality for everybody. Okay. Everybody here has families. They have kids. I worry about my kids just as much as y'all do. Yeah. Alright? I'm from I'm I am a land. So just All, all we was asking though is for y'all to do. Yeah, yeah. I asked you a question, but we just asked for y'all to do. Just hold on, I'm trying to communicate. Let's talk right now. Some people some people don't understand. So we have to we have to acknowledge that some people don't understand. So y'all guys understand. So y'all can help us just distant this is the protest. The peaceful people stay with the peaceful people. Right. Everyone excite. We push them out. From there. Okay. We'll do that. The, I, the objective is for y'all to protest and keep peace in the city. Yeah. Right. We don't want nobody hurt, nobody harmed. Right. Home. right. Everybody goes home safe and, and the purpose is made. Okay. okay. You. Thank you, man. All right. Thank you, bro. So let me ask you a series of other questions. Did that guy seem weak or strong? Strong. Why? Uh, so it's, it's an interesting point because I think the, in the previous video, we talked about, you know, uh, adaptation and, you know, the, the other officer didn't adapt to questions. I, I wouldn't say he was particularly adaptive because people were trying to ask him questions and he, he didn't really diverge into responding or communicating. So that's why I hold him as strong as he was, he was very much, you know, leading the conversation and, you know, articulating his viewpoint and not really breaking into a kind of a Q&A and there were efforts by the crowd they wanted to ask him questions and talk to him and he kind of he 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 didn't really divulge into them or go into them he kind of maintained his narrative to the crowd so that's why I would say strong I mean actually at one point he even said listen yeah agreed yeah which 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 I think is interesting because you always argue that you know rapport is not necessarily just soft skills and being nice and i think he argues it there you know did they did they have rapport i would say yes was he soft no no but let me ask you another question then did he seem fair yes why i just i well i think he's he seemed fair in that he was justifying and explaining his position in a way that at least allowed you to understand it. Now, at the same point, we didn't see any of his actions or the actions of how that crowd was being treated. But from his communication there, I would say that I would have perceived him as, as fair in that I at least understand where his response is coming from. And I guess I have an insight into his mindset. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, it's a good example of what we call proportionate measured control in charge, advising, setting the agenda, gives mm. real clarity around why he wants what he wants, but isn't at any point cruel, inhumane, degrading, or bullying. Mm. You know, in the first two clips, the sense that you get is the, the strong picking on the weak. Mm. And that, you know, feels like an act of cowardice, whereas this guy comes across as very strong, 
very uh, in control, but not in a bullying way. There's no bullying required. And the guy's got riot gear on, right? So if he wants these people to back down, theoretically, he could just go in there and kick ass, right? But he totally doesn't need to do that because the strength that he's got is through his clarity of exposition of why he's there and what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And actually some shared values. The very first thing he says is, I'd like to be here with you protesting. Yeah. But I've got a job to do, and this is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it, and this is how I'm going to do it. And this is what I'd like you to do. So, you know, it's very humanizing. He talks about himself. I worry about my kids. I'm a... and I think he says something like, I'm Atlanta. He has shared identification with the crowd. Yeah. And so, you know, part of this is about common values. If yeah. you as a police officer say, look, I want the same thing that you want. I've got kids to look after. I've got these shops to look after i can't let people loot these shops so we're on the same side yeah you've got a right to protest about the way this guy was treated and he also makes it you know even more clear and he gives an exact concrete example of a guy that he knew that was there that didn't even know who george floyd was mm-hmm. which actually generates kind of a bit of humor amongst the crowd oh how ridiculous is that you know there's yeah. some people that are here that are protesting they know what they're protesting for yeah. So it's a very human, it's a very empathic, but it's a very strong and assertive, clear message that gives him the moral authority to ask that, that crowd and ask them, not tell them. It's not like you're doing this or I'm going to get you to do this. It's this is why I need, need you to do this. This is why I would like you to do this. And this is why it matters, not just to me, because it's my job, but to you. And I'm yeah. trying to protect these people that have got these shops. Yeah. So it's utterly reasonable, but it's still strong. Yeah. And it's because he's listening. And you're right, he's not adapting necessarily very much, but he's got the sense of what that crowd is trying to achieve yeah. by recognizing that the, what they want to do is protest and, and show their anger and passion and desire to be heard. And he's going to enable that. He's going to be the guy that is going to enable that to happen, undisrupted by these jokers that are going to screw their plans up their plans which are my plan that i share with you yeah so you know it's a very good example of how how you can come across as very um in charge and in control and dominant without being bullying yeah so if we if we think about the fact that there are now hundreds of thousands of these interactions every day you know obviously there are still riots going on around the world obviously the you know there are police presences and you know there's a a big you know at least in the in the united states you know there's a big you know, defund the police narrative going around these kind of these, these riots and these, these protests. What can we learn from these, these few examples or what can we kind of take away from this that we need to kind of focus on in, in, the, in the immediate and obviously the long-term future in terms of how we interact with, with people in these kind of these high stress, high emotional situations? Well, I the first thing is a very physical thing. Got to get rich holds or neck restraints you know yeah. so dangerous and so unnecessary and like i say i can say that with some authority because i've you know had to um control and restraint you know in fact my a lot of my family have been involved in the business of control and restraint and my father you know used to be a control and restraint officer you don't need to do that type of thing um the second thing is i think training about basic communication skills and part of that is listening and even if you are having to be physically dominating with someone and even i mean again you know 
anyone that has done control restraint will know that if you are in a position where you're having to restrain someone, you need to calmly, if possible, talk through what it is that you're doing and why you're doing it. A big thing for most people is why you are doing what you are doing. What gives you the moral authority to do this? And you've got to listen and you've got to respond a bit more adaptively. You've got to, you know, you've got a job to do. You need to know what the goal of that job is and what the eventual outcome is. But there are ways and means of exerting control that are proportionate and adaptive. And, you know, you've got to read the situation better. And I think that does come back to training. Most cops, you know, nearly all cops um, are in the job because they want to help. Mm. There are some that are just, they're in the job for the wrong reason. Their value system is wrong. But I, I think that is not the majority. I, you know, I've been working with cops in the UK and to some extent in the US. You know, I've worked with LAPD and uh, New York Police Department and New Jersey chiefs. And most of them, the over, you know, nearly everyone that I've met in the cops in the UK and the US, although I've had less to do with the US, are in the job for the right reason. They want to help people. Mm. You know, they've had kids die in front of them. They've dealt with awful sex offences and they really are in the job. You know, there's a noble profession and cops get a really hard time. There are some bad, but most are good. So I think more often than not, it does come down to a lack of training, a lack of basic training, and a lack of listening, a lack of adjusting to what 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 they see in front of them. You know, and that is difficult. You know, you and I don't have to deal with people that have got guns and are coked up and everything else. But all the best officers that I've seen, even in quite extreme situations with quite violent people, generally speaking, are much much better at talking them down than pulling them down. Yeah. You know, you don't. You know, there's so many situations where you can de-escalate through listening and talking. You need to create some physical space with it. Of course you do. And it's different if someone's got a gun or a weapon, then yeah, I get it. But, but by and large, talking is pretty effective as, you, as your first line of defense and certainly not to escalate it. Yeah. Okay, so I really hope you enjoyed that conversation with Lawrence and I. Sorry I had to cut it off. We were about to go down a significant rabbit hole. Uh, and you did not need to listen to that. So I hope you enjoyed our uh, analysis of the viral clips and just some of these general basic communication lessons that so often get forgotten, but if used at the right time, have so much power. Like Lawrence says, just listening. I mean, we don't think about this. We train our police officers, you know, we, we train them in so many different areas, but we don't train them in, in communication. When we think about rehabilitating criminals and, you know, kind of all the different elements of that rehabilitative process, you know, we don't think about listening or, or communication as kind of core skills that can be used just to de-escalate stressful conversations and stressful situations that can escalate to levels of violence and harm that we see. So I really hope you enjoyed it. It was meant to be a kind of a, a broad kind of application of this idea that we kind of applied last week and, and took forward here. So I hope you enjoyed that and I very much look forward to seeing you next week. Losing my mind about